Welcome to the Don't Trip on the Usual Travel Podcast from Beyonder Experiences. My name is Anand. I have Rashmi here with me to speak about Meghalaya in Northeast India. Hi, Rashmi. Hi, Anand. Like most people in India, I have not really traveled too much in the Northeast. I have done a little bit of it. I have done uh, Arunachal, parts of Arunachal actually. I have done uh, Sikkim quite a bit. And of course, the northern parts of Bengal uh, near Darjeeling and around that area. But I haven't really traveled too much in the Northeast itself. Yeah, like I would have traveled in the South of India, or Central, or West, or the the, the North. Probably because of accessibility, etc. So to me, Meghalaya has always been a name. Why don't we start off with you describing Meghalaya and paint a visual picture for us, so to say? Now, if your name is Meghalaya, which means abode of clouds, I think you can imagine what kind of beauty we are talking about. For me, I, I always uh, call it a nature-crafted state. Small hilly state, caves, waterfalls, monsoon. It also has a lot of uh, British colonial feel. Uh, some of the buildings still have that old architecture. So it almost looks like you have landed in a old town. You know, a town which is still kind of, of course, not all. I'm saying certain part of, uh, especially Shillong, has that. Uh, Uh, feel of British architecture, colonial architecture. It is not the same as it used to be 15 years back because of a lot of these cement factories which have mushroomed in and around uh, Shillong has really disturbed the environment to some extent. That's what I feel. But even then, despite all these construction, uh, road construction through the hills, uh, these factories coming up, smoke, etc., it is still a place which, to me, is musical. I'm saying musical just in terms of uh, how it is. Of course, when I say musical, uh, the other part of music is uh, the local bands and the choir groups are outstanding. If you're traveling that side, ensure that you attend one of the performances uh, either at the church or some local concert. So that that's what Meghalaya is all about for me. That's quite a picture. Thanks. But tell me, how many days should one spend uh, in this place? That seems so magical. And what other things that is there to be done, or is it just chilling out, enjoying nature? That's a good question, and I'm going to take a good time to explain this place. See, this is a state in northeast which is unexplored. The entire northeastern region is unexplored. People have traveled, but they end up traveling to the main towns. Let's say they'll go to Guwahati, they'll go to Shillong. But the actual experience actually starts once you travel beyond the capital cities. My first question is how many days? Say budget for a good nine days, nine ten days will be good, and I'll explain to you why. We have to plan the agenda in terms of what we want to do. The place has a lot of interesting experiences. Uh, let's start with the common ones. You would have heard about Cherapunji uh, in your school textbooks, right? Uh, everybody's read about it, and it was always called the wettest place on earth, uh, highest rainfall. So this place is in Meghalaya. Of course, now it is. Second, it's no longer at the top spot. The first spot is occupied by Mosinram, which is also close by. It's roughly a hundred kilometers from that. Of course, Shillong will be your uh, gateway to go to a lot of these places. You can spend two, three days in Shillong itself, but then the real beauty is beyond Shillong. So, you will go to a place called Cherapunji, where you should just park yourself for two, three days. And what can you do there? These places are famous for caving. These are all natural caves, interesting formations inside. You can spend a day 
exploring these caves. There are a lot of caves in that region. The other one is waterfalls. So, in fact, there's a waterfall called uh, Nokalikai Waterfall. I think it is the uh, tallest plunge waterfall, if I may call it, because water is almost uh, coming down from a, a thousand plus kind of a height, and you know it's coming into a pool, and when it's dropping, it really creates a huge misty haze in the surrounding. It almost uh, looks like the entire place is uh, covered with fog because it's really falling from a great height with a great force. So this is uh, one of the places you must visit. The other one which is really, really interesting and something which I think the entire country should be proud of is uh, this concept of living root bridges. Now these are bridges which are uh, not built. These are bridges which are grown. And this is a fantastic uh, example of camaraderie between uh, man and the nature. You would have seen these images in a lot of uh, social media or some postcards, etc. All these bridges uh, are made by villagers. It's not that it can be uh, built in a couple of months, etc., etc. So you are growing these bridges. What people do is they direct the roots. Mostly, uh, these are rubber trees. So the roots are directed to go through the capillaries of, let's say, bamboo or arecanut uh, stem, etc. They are bound together to form a solid bridge over the rivers. So what used to happen was there used to be rains and there are a lot of water bodies there. So it used to be very, very difficult to cross these water bodies. Of course, this is a tradition, I think, which is more than 150 years old. And uh, what is very good is that the tradition is preserved and I hope it continues because that's how you work together with the nature. So to cover these streams or water bodies, these roots were directed in a fashion uh, that they will grow to form a bridge. And these bridges are sturdy. Some of the bridges are so uh, strong that at one time, 50, 60 people can walk through it. And what's more interesting is that unlike your man-made bridges, which uh, start needing repairs and maintenance after some time, these bridges actually grow stronger with time. So this is uh, one of the key experiences one should not miss out. So there are a lot of... uh, places where you can get these uh, living root bridges but uh, there's a small village called Nongriyat and the most uh, famous living root bridge is a double-decker bridge. However, just be careful because the hike up is roughly a 2,800 odd steps that you walk up to reach there. Amazing hike up. It's a great uh, trek to that place, reach that place. However, if you're not very, very sure of uh, you know, walking up that much, you can ditch the double-decker bridge and probably experience the single-storied living road bridges. That's something you must uh, not forget and has to be in a plan. Uh, it'll take a half a day to a full day depending on how many are you covering. Again, you can park yourself either in uh, Cherapunji. Uh, that should be a good idea because then you can cover the waterfalls, you can cover the caves and you can cover this easily spend three days in Cherapunji. There's another place which is uh, very, very interesting. We just spoke about the relationship between uh, man and nature. This village is about community, their uh, respect and accountability towards nature again in a very different fashion. 
this place is called uh, Molinong. Molinong is the cleanest village of Asia. is a small village with roughly 600 odd population. When you go there, irrespective whether the house is made up of uh, bricks or concrete, or it is made up of uh, mud and thatch, you know the old uh, traditional Kasi households. What is striking is it is spick and span. It is so clean. Every household has a small garden which is full of different kind of flowers. When you look outside, look at the streets. There's not a single leaf that you'll find. And if you speak with the locals there, you know it's very easy to understand that how they have managed to maintain this. So this is a, a clear example of it is uh, if it is to be, it is up to me kind of a thing. Even the school kids before going to school, they actually in the morning. Uh, go out pick up all these uh, dry leaves etc which is on the road and outside of every house you'll find these uh, bamboo dustbins which are you know conical in shape so very unique uh, you won't find any plastic dustbin etc you won't find any plastic packet which is littered outside everything that is on the road uh, finds its way to the dustbin because somebody who was passing by find will find that to pick it up Similarly, schools, everything is done by, it's a small village. Everything is taken care of by the villages. So even our prime minister during one of his uh, radio shows that he does every Sunday, he spoke about this village. And you know what's interesting is uh, during this whole COVID-19 period, everyone is talking about hygiene. Everyone is talking about, uh, you know, community, work together. This, this village is an example, you know, small village, uh, small population of people. And it's been going on. It's 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 like a, a tradition. It's it's really not something which people look at it as a, this is my duty or that is my duty or duty etc. But uh, it's really a tradition which has been handed down. So it's just passed on from one generation to another. And it's great to see that it's been continued. And I hope they uh, are like that all the time because it's really the place is peaceful. It's so clean. It's fresh. Uh, so many trees, gardens everywhere. So that's one place. You should not miss, there are uh, these small homestays, you should just stay there, it's a very small village. A uh, little ahead of that place is this Dauki River, you have to visit that place. Again, you would have seen this um, image on social media or on some of the travel magazines. This river is so clean that you can literally see the base, it, the water looks crystal clear. What's interesting is that river flows uh, in between these hills. The landscape is also very beautiful, you know, when you're going on a boat and uh, you can see yourself surrounded by the mountains, uh, the boatman will narrate the history of the place and the culture, etc. And you can literally see the bottom of the river. That's one place that you should not uh, miss out. Then you have these uh, caves. These caves are all uh, limestone caves. In fact, uh, Meghalaya is known for limestones. So Mausmai cave is something you should not miss out. There are other caves also which are in the vicinity. You can visit this. Then there's this place called Umyam Lake. It is also called Badapani Lake by the locals. It, this is actually on the way to Shillong. When you are traveling from driving down from Guwahati, you'll find this lake. It's a good uh, tourist attraction. There are some amount of uh, water sports available if you want to try kayaking, etc. Uh, I forgot about this. So we keep talking about uh, Cherry Blossom Festival uh, of Japan. If you are uh, really wanting to experience Cherry Blossom Festival, I think you should plan a visit to this place in November. So the Himalayan cherry blossoms can be found in the wild and Khasi hills. And uh, what has happened uh, recently over the last couple of years is that government has really 
planted a lot of these uh, trees in several places and they're protected by bamboo tree guards uh, so it's well maintained so you can if you travel to that side in november of course it will be cold you can actually see these white and pink petaled flowers and get a feel of cherry blossom so these are some of the places uh, that i think are important or uh, should not miss out from an experience point of view you know it's about culture it's about nature it's about uh, man and nature working together and and it is good enough to fill your uh, 7 to 10 days plan hey rashmi i noticed you didn't speak about shillong at all yeah? i didn't speak about shillong uh, of course yes shillong is a capital city shillong has a different feel uh, like i said uh, ensure that uh, you at least visit a church if you are around and uh, participate in one of the choir performances or if you get a chance to uh, attend a local concert that would be great in shillong itself uh, shillong peak is something that you should visit this place is actually guarded by the armed forces well maintained and from the top you can actually get a panoramic view of entire city the other place uh, which i would really encourage you to visit is don bosco museum it really showcases the culture of entire northeast and once you have been to all these places and you're back to shillong before heading out it will be a right time to visit the museum and understand the culture get a perspective of uh, the local culture of this place can you tell us a little bit about this culture and how it's so different from uh, the rest of india remember that this is a matrilineal society so the unlike uh, lot of other parts of india where it is a patriarchal system so this is matrilineal so the property and the family name actually is transferred to the daughters uh, in fact yeah if you go to the marketplace the number of women who man the shop uh, will clearly tell you that it's a very very progressive society and you know there are these lot of women who are running the business running the trade so that's really uh, encouraging and interesting to see ah uh, that's interesting a matrilineal society you know in uh, kerala there is a nayar community which also has a matrilineal society interesting anyway uh, what about the food how's the food in this place hmm. food is interesting so remember this is a place uh, which has uh, rice as a staple food so a lot of food preparations are actually uh, rice based in fact if you travel to south asia you would have seen sticky rice being consumed very very frequently or it's it's the most common form of rice which is consumed you'll also find a lot of sticky rice being consumed in meghalaya uh, so some of the rice based preparations that are very common here or are a hit with the locals and with the travelers that i can suggest is uh, so one is called uh, so pardon my pronunciation because these are really the uh, local dialect and the way how locals speak so i may not be accurate but yeah so one of them which is very popular is called jado so jado is actually a red rice preparation uh, cooked with very very generous portions of meat so usually it's with pork but yeah nowadays you get it with chicken fish etc and uh, marinated with different kind of spices so it has a very very distinct aroma and it's something which is very popular there then you have this uh, sticky rice which is prepared with fresh bamboo shoots and i think it is a must try for everybody because the aroma of fresh bamboo shoot is really tempting and it's a very different kind of uh, preparation which you will not find in other parts of the country you of course find it find a lot in assam also uh, in assam 
the rice uh, variety is different uh, so they actually stuff it in a you know hollow bamboo shoot and boil it so that's also another if you are visiting guwahati or something you should try let's talk about some desserts so even the sweet preparation is rice based so you have these rice powder which is mixed with jaggery and fried your local variety of uh, malpoa if i may say and what about the drinks what can one try there that would be nice and different so you can uh, try the fermented rice beer it's called kiat all the local restaurants and street shops sell it uh, mixed with a lot of spices and herbs so a different kind of taste ah that sounds good what else any other uh, snacks or food to try pork salad is very common there uh, it's completely uh, onions chilies and boiled pieces of pork the other stuff that you should not miss out is momos and i'm saying if you're a vegetarian definitely try for me it's the gold standard of veg momos you know usually the veg momos are all about uh, cabbage stuffed in uh, the dumpling but here it is the mix of vegetables it it almost looks like somebody has taken care of the fact that you know your customer is vegetarian and has to be treated well kind of a feeling because uh, whenever i used to have momo there i used to you know get surprised sometimes it'll have baby corn sometimes it'll have broccoli and uh, very well prepared uh, mixed with spices and it used to taste very well irrespective whether you take boiled momos or steamed momos or fried momos once you have momos there i think everybody else will pay what's the language spoken in meghalaya so the predominant tribe of meghalaya is khasi uh, which is shillong and beyond uh, however uh, people do speak english uh, people do speak uh, broken hindi and what's very interesting is these people are very warm so they will manage somehow of course in today's era of these uh, you know android phones and iphones which have all translators etc it's an easy bet but even when i used to travel like 10 15 years back uh, people used to be so warm and nice uh, they would actually go that extra mile to help you and accommodate you and ensure that you're comfortable oh yeah the other thing i just forgot to tell you is this culture of chewing betel nut so even if you are not a person who's used to chewing betel nut with betel leaf with lime i would encourage you to experience it at least once and see how do you feel because sometimes this raw version of this betel nut is really it gets onto your head and you almost feel that your head is spinning so it's amazing it is very cold in shillong those days and you start sweating immediately so maybe it's a way of keeping themselves warm in the hilly region but yeah, it's a, a one of a kind experience especially if you have these uh, betel nuts which are green in color and not the ones which are uh, really orangish or brown super betel nuts here i come when would be a good time to travel to meghalaya to enjoy all of these experiences that you have explained to us typically a best time to travel would be between october to april now there are two parts to it one is this is the season when it is dry so you can trek you can do caving you can hike up uh, there won't be issues while traveling through the hilly area however if you are somebody who wants to experience the monsoon then why not please head to cherrapunji during monsoon and just experience the rain i think that will be another kind of an experience and this is a place which is known for uh, being the wettest place on earth however uh, just keep in mind that in that case you will not be able to 
you know visit those double decker living road bridges etc you can still go to dawki you can still uh, see the uh, villages like molinong etc there's no harm in traveling price once you go experience everything and next time just go and experience the monsoon is what i would say ah that's an interesting option going that price but in that case tell me uh, is it possible uh, on one of the trips that uh, one does to meghalaya maybe club a couple of days of assam in it possible yes you can because uh, you will travel through guwahati and uh, when you are coming back or uh, i would say do it once you are coming back you can probably add a couple of days in guwahati or two more days in kaziranga so guwahati to kaziranga is roughly a um, 4 and 5 hours drive so park yourself in kaziranga for two days uh, that place is uh, large lot of wildlife you can do a lot of things spend two days spend two days in guwahati and uh, explore guwahati explore the nearby villages like weaving village of swalkuchi or these high hill madhav temple of hajo that's another place that you can uh, add to your itinerary but again depends on how many days do you have because if you ask me i would say 8 to 9 days of meghalaya alone if you want to really experience the place and get a good feel of how is it different and why am i calling it nature crafted but of course it will depend uh, on again your own interest area also maybe you're not a person who likes to hike in that case you can skip all these uh, treks etc you may not be a person who likes caving so you can just go to cherepunji and explore the waterfalls so it again depends on what kind of traveler you are how does one get to meghalaya what's the best route there's a small airport at shillong but i would suggest uh, not to bank or rely more on that because uh, the connectivity is very very less and it's connected with very select few cities an easier option according to me is uh, flying into guwahati well connected with all the major cities or capital cities of india so every day there are good number of flights whichever city you are from for example from bangalore there should be easily 6 to 7 direct flights on a daily basis and then similarly from bombay from delhi from calcutta chennai will have two three hyderabad will have two three etc so from guwahati airport it will be a 110 odd kilometers roughly to shillong which will take you 3 hours or what you can do is if you have arrived early in the morning head straight to cherapunji it will take you 5 5 and a half hours and then cover that area first cover uh, cherapunji cover molinong cover dawki and then you get back to shillong cover shillong and then you get back to guwahati ah so the access to the place is not that easy it's not that difficult also i guess you will take a moderate level of difficulty to get to a place with the kind of experiences the, the width of experiences really that you've just talked about tell me rashmi what would you rate as your most stand out experiences out of all of these so my standard experiences i already spoke about clearly living wood bridges i spoke about molinong the cleanest village of asia i spoke about dawki uh, the caves definitely the waterfall definitely for me i also liked a small village uh, which was near shillong um, i just remember the name it is called maofai so this is a sacred forest for the locals in fact uh, in ancient times they used to go to that village for offering sacrifices to their tribal gods so now it's a protected area and then there's a um, which is a kind of heritage village which has been 
preserved there just for i think travelers and giving them an idea of how life used to be so that's another place that you should go umiyam lake is great i think when you are coming back from shillong to guwahati or when you are traveling you should stop there and spend a time in fact if you want to spend a day there you can do that there are a lot of resorts in and around umiyam lake great place i think very peaceful for a quiet holiday so these are some of my standard experiences i would also add uh, attending a music festival if possible uh, there was a time when i used to travel very frequently to shillong so i was fortunate enough to attend one of the music festivals and i think they're very very good these guys are really blessed when it comes to music kasis are also known for other art forms like they're good weavers the bamboo craft is great so you should when you go there you must uh, ask for some of this this place also actually see agriculture is their uh, main occupation you should try some of the especially horticultures uh, you should try some of the fruits like strawberry plums etc that are grown locally there so this was my two bits on space and i really encourage uh, everyone to go and visit this place like shakespeare once said uh, earth has music for those who listen so that's how i really ended up visiting this place uh, lot of times i would have easily gone there 10 to 12 times of course off late i've not traveled but yeah there was a time when i was in calcutta and i used to travel to this place a lot wow that's a lovely way to end the conversation with shakespeare thanks thanks rashmi thanks for taking time to drop by and speak with us about meghalaya thank you for having me here and asking me to speak about meghalaya one of my favorite destinations thank you so much that was rashmi sharma speaking with us about meghalaya thanks for tuning in to the don't trip on the usual travel podcast from beyond the experiences till the next episode stay safe take care and whatever else that you do don't trip on the usual <laughs>